Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What's this about midwives? Where does the name come from? It's actually Old English. The mid means with and the with or wife means woman. So it's the person who's with a woman at childbirth. Let's go chat to one. How did you get into midwifery? I suppose even when I was little, I always wanted to do something in medicine. I just looked into it and, and it was my dad actually who came across. He said, you know, you might want to look into this. There's this new program that started in Trinity. And, and that's how it came that they had started this new pathway for midwives. So, I mean, people talk about vocations. Or what I definitely think that this is, I, I picked the right path. This is definitely for me. How did you find your hospital experience during your studies? I remember my first my first experience was on delivery suite. I remember that like wow. it was yesterday. That it must was, have been a bit of a dream, right? You're like, oh my god, it was it was it was shocking. <laughs> it was really shocking. Oh. It, it was it, not in a bad way. It was, what happened? I started on delivery suite, and somebody was like, oh yeah, you okay? There's somebody having their baby down in room. I remember it was room four. Um, go down room four. So I went in, and um, she was really having a baby. She was there with the midwife. She didn't have a partner or anybody <laughs> with her at the time, and you know, I just saw everything. But with, there was no lead up to it. It wasn't gradual. It was just, here I am. There you go. Baby oh my born. God. And I remember, wow. I felt like I was going to faint. I just, I, remember the, I think the midwife saw the colour leave my face. I'm like, you just sit down there. And I did. And I was like, it's just, it's just, it's just very warm in here. It's very warm. <laughs> and, and it is. It's very warm in the maternity <laughs> hospitals. But I just wasn't prepared for literally to go into a room and seeing a baby born, like, yeah. within 30 seconds. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, following that, you obviously stayed studying and have many years of experience working mm. in the hospital. What's your favourite area or do you have do one? Do I have one? I don't think I have a favourite I mean, midwives do. Midwives find a spot after, you know, you know, they do the studies, they go around and, and they'll go, oh, I really like the postnatal ward. I really like the antenatal. I love it all. When I was in the domino service, I was running antenatal clinics, you know, just there being in a clinic, having women, you know, you're taking care of them one by one. Just the abdominal palpations, you know, feeling the baby inside, you know, seeing you're just imagining, OK, how is that baby curled up and positioned and talking to a woman and, you know, maybe her partner's coming in and, and answering any questions, queries, you know, they come in maybe unsure about certain aspects and you're able to clarify that up 
yeah. or delivery sweep. I mean, delivery sweep. Hey, ho, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, get, you, get, you get to see the birth and, and be there for a woman and support her and then see this magical experience, really, of this baby being born and that I love. And then the postnatal, again, the postnatal period. So when I was in Domino, we would go to the family's houses and see how are you settling in how is everything and again you go in and maybe things aren't perfect maybe you know she has questions about feeding or am I doing this right or the daddy going so we haven't done a baby bath yet uh what do we do <laughs> and you're able to do that with them and then leave and they're going oh okay I feel much better I feel more competent and confident now yeah. so it's it, it, I I really liked all aspects typically do midwives stay in one department or area or do they move around like what's a typical work week for say like a hospital working midwife in the hospital where I was working the director of nursing and midwifery at the time aim was to get midwives experienced in all areas especially the the newly qualified ones I mean if you're nearing retirement there's no point in like changing you around every six months to get experience. Yeah. No, we'll just leave you there. Okay. <laughs> but for the newly trained midwives, she really wanted everybody to get experience. So they, they do try to rotate. To rotate. Yeah. So mm. And the idea was that everybody gets experience everywhere. And mm. then after a couple of years, when you really kind of find your niche, you go right there. But again, that's as different as the hospital. You know, some hospitals know, okay, great. Those midwives, they're experienced. They will keep them on the postnatal ward. They know what they're doing or vice, you know, same for, for delivery suite. So let's talk a little bit about the different types of midwife care available in Ireland. Yeah, when women book into a hospital, they don't know all the different care types of care. I There's suppose. so That's, many. I know, I That's know. That's the thing. So in all the types of care, during the labour, it's always a midwife that is caring for you. And postnatally, it is always a midwife. It doesn't matter what type of care you've chosen. Let's say we're talking about a hospital. If you have had your baby, you arrive on the postnatal ward, the midwives will take care of you, your well-being and baby, baby's well-being, for the time that you're on the postnatal ward. Just in terms of breastfeeding, midwives are trained. We do courses. We do 20-hour uh, breastfeeding courses and then we have to do refresher courses every year or two years so and, and some of us have had our own babies and breastfed so we should all be pretty competent in helping somebody breastfeed okay cool yeah so with all of them whether you go public semi-private or private when you go home the hospital notifies your GP the hospital notifies your public health nurse that you've had your baby that you've gone home and when what day you've gone home and then the public health nurse will ring you and say oh I heard you got out today mm. you got out you got out <laughs> <laughs> you you were released. You made it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you were discharged from the hospital. Yeah. You know, today, would you like me to come and visit you tomorrow? How do yeah. you feel? Or should I ring you tomorrow and see how you're fixed then? Mm -hmm. So you'll always have a public health nurse coming out to you at least once. Yeah. What if you want to leave the hospital early? So the early transfer scheme would be um, something that the, the hospital that you are in can provide where you go home and the midwives will come out to you from the hospital up to the baby is five days old and see how you're getting on there. Then the care of the midwife would extend to you going home, maybe a baby bath at home, you know, taking care of you, taking care of baby, just that little bit more for that extended period. You know, you might go, oh, is the bedroom right? Is this the right temperature? You could mm -hmm. just ask a few more questions, have a little bit more care from the midwife yeah. in your own space now that you're now that you're at home, just to help you get settled. So that's um, early transfer scheme. That's a, yeah, and that's slightly different to... So Domino starts from the very beginning when, when a woman books in, she doesn't mm -hmm. have any concerns, medical, obstetrical, gynecological, there's no risk at all before she got pregnant and during the pregnancy she continues to be low risk 
but she also lives within the remit of the hospital as far as the hospital will go out and do maybe antenatal clinics and as far as they will go for when the baby's born, the postnatal visits. And that just means that the aim with that is that there's a small group of midwives in the hospital that are domino midwives and that every antenatal clinic you might, you know, the aim is that you meet each of the midwives from that group so that when it comes time for you to go into labour, you recognise one of those midwives that you've built up a rapport, You there's a familiar face so that it's not just a completely new person that's arriving going hi I'm your midwife today you mm. know oh, I remember you you were at my first visit or so yeah. they take care of you during the labour and then those same group of midwives when you go home will care for you at home up to day five mm. uh, what about private midwives Private Midwives Ireland is a private company. They take care of women who are aiming to have a home birth. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a private company, so it's just like you would pay a consultant for private care. You would pay these midwives for their care. And they have different packages, but mm-hmm. the aim is that you have a home birth mm-hmm. and they help you with that. There's also the self-employed community midwives. They are um, midwives within Ireland that are paid by the HSE to provide a home birth service. Yeah. The difference between them and the private midwives is that they take care of only low-risk women and it has to go through, you know, I suppose their supervisors and that's made sure that they are low-risk, that they're um, suitable for having a home birth. So, and the midwives here in this case are, are paid by the HSE, whereas the private midwives, they are able to take care of women who maybe have a little bit more complications. For example, I would have used them for my second baby because on my first baby I had a cesarean section mm-hmm. so the H- and I wanted a home birth but the HSE considers a VBAC, so a vaginal birth after a cesarean section, a little bit more risky. So they wouldn't have approved of a home okay. birth for me so they wouldn't have paid for my midwife yeah. so I had to look for that elsewhere. So. Okay. If you work with a private midwife throughout your pregnancy mm. and then you deliver your baby at home that midwife will come back to you like as much as you want. So I'm going to, in this bracket, I'll include the self-employed community midwives that are paid by the HSE as well as the private midwives because they both, in this instance, they both do the same thing. So let's say either one of them are taking care of you during the pregnancy, then you have your baby at home. Both of those will come to you postnatally. And it's very much kind of what do you want? Mm -hmm. How do you feel? If you're a second, third time mom, you might go, I'm actually okay. You know, you can ring me and and we can can chat over the phone. But they will come to your house and care for you in the comforts of your own home. You know, maybe they've come and it's 10 o'clock in the morning and you're up in bed. We love, we love to see women in their PJs for like the first week after they've had their baby. So they'll come and they'll just, how are you getting on in in the comforts of your own bed? How are you getting on? How's baby? Um, And you might go, oh, actually, baby's in the basket. Could you pass them to me? You know, they'll do the the baby check at at the bedside. Oh, there's a pooey nappy here. Let me change that for you. They're changing that. And, you know, get you tucked into bed again. And the fact that they've taken care of you throughout your whole pregnancy and then been there for the birth or maybe not been there for the birth. Like I had to, you know, my second baby, although I had employed private midwives Ireland, I did have to transfer in and then I came home the following day Mm. but private midwives Ireland, they still came to me for two weeks and they, you know, minded me at home and it was just, it was lovely being cared for at home yeah 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 um and knowing the person that was coming to me knowing not having to reintroduce myself or re you know to tell my story tell the birth story over again or just just they knew me they knew everything yeah. that happened and i mean during the antenatal period our appointments were two hours long every time she came to see uh, yeah. me so i mean she knew me and my husband inside and out i think yeah. that's wonderful especially yeah. if you don't yeah, know or if you're particularly nosy and want all the information like me i think that's an amazing thing to have mm. um the more information you have 
up there in you those go. early days. That, consider home that, birth for yeah, next consider one. Consider <laughs> it. I might. Hmm. We'll see. So we talked very briefly about the different types of midwives and different mm. roles in that postnatal phase. But if you had your baby in a hospital, you don't get discharged for six weeks. Yeah. Well, so if you if you go home, you and baby are covered by the hospital for six weeks. So any concerns, you can go back to the hospital. OK, you might want to ring them just to see, because, for example, like a baby clinic might not be open on Saturday at the weekend. So they might you know, t- refer you somewhere else. So just, you know, ring them and say, I have this concern about myself or the baby. You can go into the hospital up to be up to six weeks. And who else is on standby? Your GP. So you have a baby check at two weeks and then you have at six weeks a check with the GP for mother and baby. Mm-hmm. OK, any other concerns, you know, depending on what your concern is, do you know, mm-hmm. did you have a C-section? Do you feel like you have a little bit of back pain or abdo pain or pelvic floor issues or physiotherapists are mm-hmm. really good for that? Um, you were talking about the public health nurse. Yeah. So the public health nurse will make contact with you usually the day or the day after you've gone home, unless it's a weekend. They don't work on the weekends. So just so that you, you know that the, you know you go home on a Friday, they will, probably won't call you until the Monday. That's another phone number. They'll say, mm-hmm. this is my phone number. I'm working, you know, Monday to Friday or whatnot, these hours. You need anything, you give me a ring. On my first baby, I needed that public health nurse. I needed, and, and she came very quickly when I called her. Mentally, I just needed a bit of, because I had a C-section. It was not... Not planned at all. It yeah. was planned home birth, not okay. a planned C-section. So oh. I was just very, uh, so um, mm. so she was amazing, amazing. And it was just literally just to talk to me and to help me get through that mentally, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so you've got your midwife, your GP, your public health nurse, physiotherapy, osteopaths. People have found that, let's say the baby has reflux or colic or people have found osteopaths great. Do you think there is an unrealistic expectation on midwives? So I've seen those posters of what midwives do and then what my friends think I do, what you know, society thinks I do and all these different pictures, right? Yeah. And I think sometimes people think that midwives are a lot like cold midwife. Yeah. We go around <laughs> on our bicycles, you know. Um, and now you have like one born every minute. You have rotunda. So people have a little bit more of an inside. But yeah. um, what I would say is always understand that the people that are caring for you, they are as individual as the next person. Think about your own job. Think about your colleagues and think about all the different personalities. Well, you know, working in a hospital or working with a group of midwives, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. We all have and should have pretty much the same knowledge. It's just how we use that and how we work with that. Mm. So, Mm. And so then let me ask you, what type of a midwife are you today? Oh, gosh. Um... Today, like today in this room or today in general? <laughs> well, let's start with today in this room, actually. <laughs> um, my job has slightly changed. When my maternity leave finished, I decided not to go back to the hospital. I had this little inkling like that something in my gut telling me that something needed to change, that I was ready I was ready for a new experience, you know. Ready to leave midwifery? Ready to leave the hospital oh, and okay. do something else with midwifery. So I... Um, I yeah, you've got my, it's baby brain. Like, it's totally this thing Get exists. It together. This baby brain. It's like you're in mid thought going, what are we talking about again? So I I love what I do and I really do feel lucky. Um I have been doing hypnobirthing classes for say the last five years and I have loved every minute of them. I like I give it hundred and ten percent to those classes. During my maternity leave, do you know, as people do, I decided to do three different types of courses. <laughs> I did um antenatal yoga training course with the elbow room. I did a baby massage course and then I went to Holland and I did a spinning babies workshop. So it's to teach spinning babies to parents. And I did that in preparation. Again, I knew I wanted to do something. So over the summer, basically, I 
have established, I suppose, my newest venture, BirthFit Ireland. And that's where I want to do things like antenatal yoga and baby massage and breastfeeding workshops. They're so, I think they're so needed and so necessary. Continue doing my hypnobirthing classes and do antenatal classes in addition. So those are the things that I can do. But I... That's so impressive because at the core of all of that... You're a midwife. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I miss, how many years experience? I oh, um, well, I started the training in 2007 and I would have started my internship in the January of 2011. So, so like let's the, say from 2011. Yeah. I don't know, count on fingers, maybe I, nine years. Baby brain like two, yeah. do you know, yeah, eight nine. years, nine years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's call it a decade. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, let's not. <laughs> I'm not old enough to be, oh no. Um, what about the fourth trimester? Do you think resources are easy to access for women in this phase? So the fourth trimester, so baby's born and all that time, kind of maybe the three, four months that afterwards. I am going to be politically correct here. I'm going to say that I definitely think that we are improving on that. Um, If you think of organizations that are out there now that mothers can access. So you have Quidju, you have La Leche League, if they're breastfeeding, you have any concerns, you have like all the communities have something local that they can access. Um, you know, I only found out when I had my baby and I happened to, I happened to be in the library and the, the receptionist or secretary there said, oh, are you here for the baby group? And I said, no, what baby group? And she'll go, oh, there's a baby group inside there. Oh, just cool. have to stumble. So now I know every Thursday afternoon, every Friday morning, there's a little baby group there that I, I can just pop into whenever I want. Um, and I didn't know this antenatally. Um, and it's just been great just mentally knowing that I can get out of the house and go right. and access there. Yeah. Um, so that's like the, the, the groups. I'm not from Ireland. I didn't grow up here. My, but if I were to ask grandmothers what groups, play groups and things were around in their day, I don't know what they would say. On the flip side of that, I do think that we're living in a society where we're moving away from our families. Mm. We are maybe, you know, we're living in Dublin and maybe our families are in Galway or up north. So, you know, that might not have been the case 50 years ago, 100 years ago. You you, you know, you would have been living, you know, your mom's down the road, your sister's just across the street, a few streets down or, you know, so maybe you didn't need play groups because yeah. you're all very close together. Mm. Um, so whether it's good or bad, I think that women nowadays maybe are filling that void of not having the mother to go to or the sister to go and talk to and they're maybe using social media to connect mm. um, Instagram and Facebook and again that can be fantastic because you can connect and it and it's something that's immediate you can do it at any time of the day yeah but there's also the flip side there's, yeah. there's the, definitely pros and cons yeah for sure absolutely um, do you consider yourself an important part of that culture then I would hope so I really really would hope so I, I know that e- even like during people's pregnancies to the whole process I know that it can be a bit of a minefield so I always say after my classes I actually have developed this um, we have these WhatsApp groups and it's only for that class and I always say privately or on the WhatsApp group use this as a form to come back to me ask any questions but also to share some updates because yeah. who doesn't like a baby pic yeah yeah um, but I also meet up with the, um, the families so for we, I've met up with my groups January, February and March for this year so I like to meet up with them if they can there's no stress or anything if they can they can meet me you can tell me tell you know the, the whoever is there tell about their birth experience meet up or, or even ask questions like for example I've just met um, the March group and one of the mothers there had some queries about the birth and and 
doesn't know where to turn, doesn't know who to ask these questions. So I said, okay, right, this is what you do. And we went, bam, bam, bam. And we have like a little kind of short-term plan put in place for her to act upon so that she can get information, basically. Yeah. Do you know? I so. think you've designed something really special and really holistic as, a, as an individual for yourself. You talked about vocation at the start of uh, this conversation. And really, I think that you're so integral to this fourth trimester really? period in Thank a woman's you. life. I think as a midwife, you have so much to offer. As a mother, you have tons to share. I have even more and experience because I have two kids. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And in your business, you're creating a platform for a, an open door policy, mm. you know, and I think that's wonderful. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's really special. So honestly, fair play to you. You told me a lovely story the other day about... Hypnobirthing classes, yeah. Yeah, so some people, um, well, most people come to the hypnobirthing classes because they, you know, they want to prepare for the birth of their baby. And I think it's an amazing mental preparation, if anything, but amazing mental preparation for the birth. Um, But some people think that it stops there. And I would say, well, you can bring it into your everyday life, but it's it's not just about the birth. It's, you know, during the pregnancy, it's you're preparing during the pregnancy. Um, And it, you know, it can help with, queries, concerns, you know, fears that you have. Um, it can help for the immediately after the baby's born. And and one of the stories that I tell people, just to give them an idea of how hypnobirthing can have an impact on their lives. Um, there was a, a couple who had done the class a couple of years ago now. And the woman called me. We were on the phone for, gosh, nearly an hour, I'd say. And towards the end of the conference, she was basically telling me what an amazing experience she had I remember her telling me that the she had used the the water for the labor possibly had the baby in the water um and that the partner was just amazing she just didn't think he would be that in tune and she just kept saying he was amazing he was just so amazing so we get to about you know three quarters of the way through our conversation and she she kind of dropped a little bit of a bombshell she said oh yeah baby would have been about two weeks old and she said yeah and we got the baby home a couple of days ago and in my head as a midwife I'm thinking Surely, you should have brought the baby home, home yeah. with you. And so I, you know, I didn't ask any questions. I said, "Oh, okay. Um, and how? How are you adjusting? How are you settling in with the baby now?" And yeah, it, the hypnobirthing. I have to say, it was amazing. It was, it was really, really good. It really helped us in the postnatal stages. And I'm, I'm waiting for. And she basically said that the baby had um, been born, and it was undiagnosed that the baby had Down syndrome. So, um, and she just started to talk about how the hypnobirthing had helped her during that immediately, you know, baby up into your arms and realizing, okay, we weren't expecting this. And how the two of them were able to just take it in their stride. And I think sometimes what people do and they look back and go, had we not done that course, where would we have been? Had we not done that course, how would we have reacted? How would we be now today? So, um, so yeah, so I just tell that story to say you can, it's not just for the birth. It's, it's for you take this now with you and bring it into all aspects of life. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's a really handy tool to have. Once people know you're a midwife, do you find they only want to talk to you about midwifey things. You know, if, if somebody's at a party and they talk to me about, you know, babies or they go, um, oh, yeah, I had my baby in the coom. Like, oh, I used to work in the coom. Tell me, you know, do you know your midwife? How was your experience? That's cool that you're interested in chatting with people because oh, like some some 
midwives might be like, oh, geez, like I'm just going to pretend that I'm a post lady because yeah. I don't want to talk about. <laughs> oh, I'm sure um, they do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, hi, everyone. Yeah, tell me. I'm hoping that I'm not that bad. But I do. You know, if somebody wants to talk, I'm totally ears. I'm like, yeah. Talk yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, in your experience, your thoughts and hopes and dreams for postnatal women. I mean, you must see women in all different states of mind and states of body. And I suppose one of the things that comes to mind is, um, I suppose I think of the word, I just think of the word acceptance. And for me, that just means it's like an, an umbrella term for lots of different things. Um, I think we can do a lot of, we, and we tend to, I think it's just human nature. We, we compare ourselves to other people when we're talking about social media. And I think, you know, there's pros and cons. Maybe one of the cons is you see, you know, this woman who looks so perfect and pregnant with her you know and you're going why don't I look like that yeah. uh, so um just it is it is and accept it mm. so whether it be um the pregnancy or whether it be you know postnatally and you know you have a breastfeeding baby like mine that's waking up every two hours um and feeding and why is your best friend who also has a breastfeeding baby why is he sleeping maybe for four or five hours yeah. and you know what, what am I doing wrong what am, what I, do- am I doing wrong I, right it, 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 this is something that I think starts in pregnancy. So you, women are pregnant. Women are getting a bit of a taste of it. Yeah. And it does. It never stops. This yeah. feeling of guilt. Of, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Um, wh- what am I doing? Do you know, like I have a six-year-old and I'm still doing, um, are we doing this? Are we doing enough activities? Are we doing too many activities? Are we doing, do you know, it, it's just constantly like a little hamster in the head just doesn't yeah. stop. So accept your, like look at your scenario and go, okay, this is what it is. And that's okay. I do find I'm going to talk about my husband now. <laughs> my For example, sleepless nights. It's something that I, for 18 months now, I've just dealt with sleepless nights. And I think the first couple of months when you go, oh my God, when is this going to end? Oh, come on, please. You know, when you, I have found anyway, that when I just went, you know what? It just is. This is the way it is. And I stopped looking I mean, to a certain extent, I, I read I read the forums, I suppose, or the, the blogs and stuff that I felt were, were good and useful. Um, but I stopped comparing myself to other people. I just went, you know what? You need to breastfeed a lot uh, during the day and even more at night. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Whenever you're ready, you will give it up. Do you know, mm-hmm. she's just very, she is very different to her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband maybe is not able to accept things. So, you know, when he has a sleepless night, you know, the following day he goes, oh, I need to sleep in late to catch up on my sleep from before. I'm like, hold on a second. This has been 18 months for me. How much sleep am I going to be able to totally. catch up on, you know, when she does finally stop? Yeah. Do you know, I'll be hibernating. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, but, and I, I think it's simply just he, it's just. It, it's annoying, you know, let's say a sleepless night. Let's say because our, our six-year-old, she woke up three times in the middle of the night with nightmares. So we had to mm. go in three times. And the following morning, he was like, oh, I'm going to have to sleep in late tomorrow to catch up on my sleep. I'm like, I just gave him the eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, well, I think it's slightly different for like myself and yourself because we mm. do have that in common. Mm. Um, very sleepless babies. That that acceptance piece that mm. like, you know, when you live when you live with it for a few days you and you've gone through the blog posts, and you looked for advice and nothing really is fitting mm. that you just get to a point where you accept it. Yeah. You know, you accept, okay, well, this is just the way it is for me. And there's no real benefit to me comparing myself to somebody else because um, this is my gorgeous child and this relationship 
is unique and she is unique and so why should she fit into the mould of yeah. somebody else you yeah. know there's a lot to be said or vice versa it could be somebody who's tried breastfeeding and hasn't worked out and then they go bottle feeding and then just but that's okay yeah. that's okay accept that yeah. you know, and all those guilty feelings I, I, I don't want to be dismissive but it, they can be so so um, destructive you know during that, that postnatal period mm. just, just it is and it's okay or somebody who has had a vaginal birth or a cesarean section or it is it's okay now somebody might have other concerns about maybe what happened during their labour or whatnot, and, and I'll have a different set of you know advice for that but just it's okay yeah. it is what it is and um, top tips for postnatal women I have a few um, so I mean, maybe I have said these already uh, during during our conversation so one of them would be like I said I would love to go and visit somebody on you know postnatal the first week or two and see them in their pajamas they're just chilled out they don't feel that need to get up and put the makeup on get dressed or you know put nice clothes on just yeah. chill out enjoy because you have this little baby it's going to, the baby is going to grow so quickly enjoy counting those feet those fingers those toes just enjoy those snuggles that time that you just chillax on the couch or in the bed and just snuggle skin to skin you know maybe just a nappy on but you know just enjoy that I didn't do that enough on my first one and so I soaked it all up on the second I was in my PJ probably for about two weeks you know? and then after that then I was taking my six year old to crash and whatnot sure. as well, but it was just like yeah. these two weeks are just, just do that between you and me mm. yeah 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 absolutely okay. so if you have a midwife coming to you or you have visitors or whatever stay in your pajamas there's yeah. no need to I was talking about the support systems um, and how we have groups and things um, like know what is around you during the pregnancy suss out maybe even go and visit them kind of see where they are If you, I'm the type of person I, I almost need to go to a place with somebody like with my six year old go suss it out and go right okay I can I can come back here do you know um, so like talk to your public health nurse just say well, are there any baby toddler groups yeah. now, you might not go to them until the baby's two or three months old yeah. and that's fine just to have them on a list because totally. I think that that preparation is really important now I'm a total nerd mm. I had D-Doc number, uh, GP, local GP. Um, I had where the local local breastfeeding clinic was Absolutely. or a meetup was. Yeah. How far away was the, the HSC office? You know, all those kind of things. I think they're kind of really good yeah. things just to have on hand. You might not need them. Yeah. You know, where's your local hospital? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I'm just like, from what I've just said, imagining that something terrible is going to happen that I have all these medical people around me. But it is good to just know where these places are. They might not be as far as you think that they are. It yeah. might not be as big a deal to get yeah, eggs exactly. at the house to go go to one of these baby groups or a breastfeeding clinic in those early days if you if you have a look and see exactly where they are yeah so what I did was I actually just wrote it down on a piece of paper and I just I I feel now looking back that the fact that I had it written down it was just I I don't know I I, I just went to it I think if it was just in my mind I would have maybe just been like "Eh," I just shrugged it off but the fact that I actually had it written down it was in my kitchen yeah and maybe I saw it and it was just a constant reminder like this is happening Friday this is happening Friday you might want to go Friday I went do you know what I think I'll go yeah so um so yeah um that would be another tip cool um I say another one is the postnatal recovery time Whatever your birth story is, however you birthed your baby into this world, everybody is going to take a different amount of time to recover physically, mentally. Um, And again, it doesn't matter how your friend recovered or how your sister recovered or what happened with your mom, you, how are you recovering? Um, 
Yeah, I, I think some people will be doing some Google searches and, you know, like, oh, I should have, you know, I should be okay now. How are you? How are you? And, you know, if you feel like you need to be seen, then go and get seen. And again, I'm, I'm saying this from experience that I did. I went to go see it seen. And I was told, actually, that's completely normal. I went, oh, OK. Do you know yeah. where I, yeah. I had kind of been working it up and thinking, OK, maybe is this a problem? Is this a problem? Is this a problem? Actually, no, it was fine. So everybody heals differently, yeah. whether it's a vaginal birth, whether it's a cesarean section, if you needed stitches or not, or everybody's different. Mm. What about music? Are there any times where there was any tales about music or sound thing? In hypnobirthing, we would use music and we would use music or scripts in terms of preparation during the pregnancy um, and then use that same music, whether it be a labor playlist or, you know, something more um, like meditation music, whatever the person wants, um, and then bring that into to the labor. But I suppose when you first say music, the word music, I think of um, there was a woman that I was caring for in labor and she was in the pool. You know, there's different types of women kind of and how they go into labor and, you know, whether they close their eyes pretty much the whole labor or whether they, you know, they close their eyes maybe during a contraction or a surge and then open their eyes and start chatting. And she was one of these women. And um, I remember she had her eyes closed and there was, you know, there was this music going. And now I'm not really big into music, but I do remember it was um, who, who, who Sings Diamond. Is it, is it Rihanna? Rihanna, yeah. <laughs> I did say I don't. I'm not big into music, so Rihanna was singing uh, "Diamond," and um, so she's she's kind of moving in the water to this to this song, and then she opens her her eyes and she goes, "I love this song," and I think she'd like been to a concert or something. So she starts talking about the song and the concert, and and then you know there's another contraction, and then she closes her eyes, and, and I just I just think it's so you know people think that when you you know in labor you, you know in, and you're using hypnobirthing or you're calm that you're you know away with the fairies. You're not. You're you're actually it's the complete opposite. You're so much more aware of your surroundings, not in a bad way, but you're, you're so much more connected, connected with your body, connected with what's happening on the outside. Yeah. So she was just very connected. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's great. Go, oh, I love this song. I yes. went to the concert. Oh, Feel wait, hold it. on a second. Another contraction. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, now I forgot my biscuit tin stuff. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say a word instead. <laughs> So you don't get to choose. I forgot it. Okay. Oh no. And I'm, you know what? And I'm rubbish time... for thinking of things like on the spur of the moment. I'm just like, no, I, I need prep. I need, okay. I need to think about this. No, no, but go no, ahead. No. Go tell on. You Let, what. Let's okay. see. So, let's see. so the first word I have for you is birth. I think of Kira. I think of her birth, and I think of being in the water, laying down, kind of on my side, and thinking. And I did at one point go, I, I don't have any pain. I. I'm not, this This is intense. Oh my God, this is intense. But this isn't, this is so good. And I actually had the thought, I can't wait. I, this is silly. I can't wait to do my next hypnobirthing class because holy shit, I'm doing it. I just <laughs> had the, em- the epic experience that you've been talking about. Yeah. And that's how, so, so that's, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, okay, okay, water. Um, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Because I used the pool during my birth and I just felt like I melted into the water as I was getting in. It was amazing. Babies. First thing I think of is um, my meetups with the, the women postnatally. And I just had one about a week and a half ago. So um, and the babies, the, the little boys around the table. Um, yeah, they're I, that's what it's well it's not what it's all about it's half of it that mommy's also what it's all about but babies 
Alana, thank you so thank much. You. Thank best. you so much for having me. Yay. Thank you, thank you. Um, the website is www.birthfit.ie uh, on Instagram. Yay, I'm, fi- I'm finally on Instagram. You made it so- on the ground. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so that is birthfit underscore Ireland. And then on Facebook again, birthfit Ireland. Go seek her out. See, I'm, and I'm very she's busy open for business. <laughs> and if you get her phone number, she's obviously going to be on the WhatsApp 24 <laughs> 7. <laughs> Um, in exchange for pictures of your small children or bumps baby pictures (laughs) thank you Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.